Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Restless Hearts Podcast. I'm Father Ray DeLugos, an Augustinian friar and the Vice President for Mission and Ministry at Merrimack College. I'm also the Director of the Grace J. Palmisano Center for Campus Ministry. This podcast is going to be an attempt to share every once in a while some spiritual thoughts and reflections to help us all on our journey through life together. I think that we all have one common vocation. We are called to be human beings. Often we get strayed from that and think we're called to be more than human or less than human. We respond to life that way, but through it all, we're called to be human beings. And I think most of us have noticed that that's not as easy as it sounds. Being human is not something that comes naturally to us. It is something that we need to be invited into We need to learn how to do. We need to make the kinds of choices that are truly human choices. And we do all this in a world right now that does not celebrate human beings being human beings. Rather, it's a world that sees human beings as consumers for its products, sees human beings as set in competition and conflict with each other, sees human beings as struggling to be better or worse than each other, sees human beings as anything but called to communion and community. So this first reflection is a reflection on the process of being a human being and becoming a fully human being. Years ago, I wrote an article entitled, It's Only Human. And the article says this, as we know all too well, Being human is hard. It is filled with disappointment, frustration, powerlessness, doubt, and uncertainty. Being human is being in a constant state of not having things the way we would really want them to be. Being human involves separation when we long for unity and too much closeness when we long for solitude. Being human certainly involves suffering And being human is all about dying and having that which we love die. Being human is about being ecstatic with joy when our needs are met at one moment and bereft with sadness and anger when those same needs are unmet in the next moment. Being human necessarily involves alternating experiences of fullness and emptiness, fluctuating so wildly that we have no idea which end is up. All that makes being human an experience filled with uncomfortable tension, clamoring to be revealed. And the best way to relieve the tension is to somehow stop being human. And there are two ways to do this, to be less than human or more than human. And every experience we have tempts us in either of those directions but at the same time invites us into responding to life in a way that is fully human. Many years ago, I was in an airport in Toronto and I was flying to Philadelphia. And I got to the airport way early ahead of time, got through all of the security checkpoints, got through uh, customs and immigration and was comfortably settled at my gate where the news was being proclaimed that my flight 
at 7.30 p.m. was on time. I settled down with a book, patiently waited for the time to pass, and at 7.15, I looked out the window and noticed that there was no airplane at the gate. At this point, I thought, we're probably not leaving at 7.30. And sure enough, we didn't. At 7.45, an announcement came telling us that our flight was delayed because the plane we were supposed to fly on had been delayed by weather somewhere else and would be there shortly and we would get on our way as soon as possible. And they said, thank you for your patience. 45 minutes or an hour passes and a plane does indeed arrive, but we're not allowed to get on it. And we're told again that the flight crew for this plane wasn't the one that arrived with it, but it was yet on another plane that still was not here and that we will be delayed a little further. And once again, we were thanked for our patience. A flight crew arrived, still nothing. And we're told again, the pilots are here, but the flight attendant isn't. When she finally arrived, it looked like all was set to go. And then the announcement came that although the plane was ready, the flight crew was ready, and everything was ready, the crew that was needed to back the plane away from the gate was not available because we had been delayed so long that they were occupied in another part of the airport. And once again, we were thanked for our patience. But at this point, about three hours delay had me over the threshold. And I found myself up and storming toward the desk, fully intent on doing violence. Not physical violence, of course, but I was ready to yell and scream and make a scene, demanding to know why they, we weren't going anywhere. Didn't they know how important I was after all? all kinds of things, ready to attack their competence, knowing full well that those people had nothing to do with the delays that we were encountering. In fact, no one was responsible for them. And as I'm storming across the floor, my attention is suddenly called to the book that I had been pretending to read through all this, a book entitled something like On Peacemaking and Nonviolence. And I'm stopped in my tracks with an existential question. A question that asked, what kind of a person do you really want to be? A person of peace or a person of violence? And in that moment, I wasn't so sure how I wanted to answer that question. But I did turn around and go back to my seat and sit down kind of filled with shame, but started to reflect on what was that about? What pushed you so far over the edge that you were ready to compromise things that you say you believe in? And as I reflected, I realized that happens a lot. I started looking at some of the reasons for it and uncovered a lot of anxiety some entitlement, lots of entitlement, not a lot of humanness. And so I realized that every experience we have contains two temptations 
and one invitation. The temptations are to respond to our experience in ways that are less than human or more than human. Less than human ways that we respond to experiences that happen to us are to react with violence, hostility, aggression, condescension and demeaning in others. We can respond in less than human ways when we seek refuge in too much comfort, when we become paralyzed by inaction, when we are so on the point of despair that we feel completely hopeless and realize there's just no point, so why bother anyway? We can respond in ways that are more than human when we think of ourselves as too important to be having experiences like having to wait in lines or be delayed in flights. And we look for ways to separate ourselves from the rest of humanity by being better than them, by looking down on them, using them, believing that others are here to serve us and that we are actually in charge of the world. We are more than human when somehow or another we pretend that we are invulnerable and fragile, that we aren't scared, that we aren't mortal, that rules don't apply to us. But the invitation to be human is always going to be an invitation to compassion rather than entitlement, to humility rather than pride, to hope and gratitude rather than despair, and to choice and freedom rather than feeling that we just have to react in the moment. Anger tempts us towards hostility and aggression. It can also invite us to passion and compassion for those who share our plight. Fear evokes the desire to flee or fight, but fear also is an invitation to trust, which is a great risk, but one that does lead us to being more fully human. Sadness drives us to want to despair or to turn it off. But sadness is an invitation into the grieving process, which done well is one that is painful and dark, but eventually filled with love, filled with wholeness. We have experiences of shame, especially as we compare ourselves to each other. And shame can push us towards heaping violence upon ourselves, blaming others, acting in ways that are shameless. But shame can be an invitation to humility, where we allow others to see us as we are, not manipulate them into thinking why they have to love us, but letting them choose whether or not as we are is worthy of their love and acceptance. Again, a great risk, but a step in being fully human. 
And then there's the emotion of joy. The experience we have when our needs are met, but not just the surface needs of food and shelter and clothing and status and power and prestige. Joy is the emotion that we experience when no matter what is happening to us, we are able to receive it with gratitude and find in it an invitation to know ourselves more completely and truly, to love ourselves and to be loved, and to know that we are priceless just as we are.